Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Zach throws to the 10, to the 5, caught at the goal line. Touchdown, Cougars! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Kingarf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America guiding you forward for more than 80 years. Happy Labor Day. And yes, everybody, we made it. Tonight, the BYU Cougars begin the 2020 college football season at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland, against the Naval Academy. Now, this is just the third meeting all time between these two programs and the first since 1989. Now, the series tied at 1-1. What does all of that mean for tonight's matchup? Absolutely nothing. As always, I'm happy to be joined by former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson, who is now officially beginning year number two on the broadcast. Riley, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be talking BYU football. There were many, many times, my friend, where I didn't know if today was going to happen. The fact that we are here, that is a big, significant moment for BYU football, isn't it? Incredibly significant. I'm so proud to uh, call myself a BYU alum to have this opportunity, not just not just from the fact that I get a chance to be entertained by the game that I love, but more importantly, as a former student athlete, what this means that the university and the institution decided to press forward, show immense leadership, and provide these kids an opportunity to display their skills after so many months and hours and a lifetime of hard work. Uh, in you know, with everything going on with the pandemic, the fact that you've we're been out listening here today to live football coverage of BYU football. Proud. Before the Cougars face the midshipmen, let's get to the things you need to know. Number one. All right, as we were just talking about, BYU is playing college football, and they're the only team in the West that will be, and I am not counting two games for Air Force, sorry. Uh, No Pac-12, no Mountain West Conference, no WAC. It's just BYU. And from an exposure standpoint, Riley, this is about as good as it can get for the Cougars. If you're going to watch a game out west in the evening, it's going to be BYU. Not only out west, I think across the nation with the other with the ACC, SCC, and Big 12 not starting until next week or later, the, they are the premier ticket. And I think this is an opportunity to gain a lot of fans or followers because, as we know, there's going to be a lot of other. This won't be the only game that's televised uh, nationally across ESPN's platform for BYU this season. So a great opportunity to show out. It's Labor Day. A lot of people are sitting, in, settling in, ready to enjoy some college football. Let's get to number two. BYU and Navy in some different quarterback situations. Zach Wilson named the starter for the BYU Cougars. That was not a surprise. Jeff Grimes said that he earned it. You will hear from Coach Grimes coming up in just a little bit in Cougar cuts. Uh, Romney and Hall both listed as the backup to Zach Wilson. Uh, Before we get to Dalen Morris, just your overall thoughts on Zach being named the starter. I think Zach earned it both in this offseason, the small bit of spring ball that they had and definitely during fall camp, but more his body of work. I mean, we saw some quick uh, auditions from 
both Jaron and Baylor, but those were really a small sample size. Zach has put together a body work. It hasn't been a perfect body of work, but it's been a decent enough body of work, which, having backed it up through fall camp, he deserves the opportunity, uh, at least the first opportunity, to come out here and show how hard he's worked. And then I think he's very anxious to show all of Cougar Nation out there as well as uh, everyone uh, everyone else interested in college football that he's taking that step forward from his sophomore to his junior year, ready to be a, a big-time quarterback and the marquee leader of this team. Yeah, this will certainly not be the first start for Zach Wilson as the quarterback of BYU. However, Dalen Morris will be making his first-ever start for the Naval Academy. This He's a first-time starter, began the offseason as the third-string quarterback, and this is a guy, I understand that talking about running the triple option, but this is a guy that can throw the ball. I was joking with you and Greg uh, before we went on the air that I just have these nightmares that he's going to come out and want to throw the ball, and it's going to completely take everybody by surprise. But this is a guy that certainly can throw the ball, but talking with Coach Niamatololo and hearing some interviews, this is a guy, speaking of earning it like Zach did, this is a guy that earned it, earned this starting job for the Naval Academy. Most definitely, and this presents an opportunity for the BYU defense in that, you know, we talk about decision-making as a quarterback often in the passing game or maybe pre-snap. You don't think of that much in the triple option game, but they de- there are definitely decisions to be made and quick reads. How how many reps is this being his first start? He doesn't have those live game reps to where, you know, handing it off to the dive or when to keep it himself or when to get, you know, stretch it out and get it to the pitch, man. He doesn't have those feet where it's become instinctive. Uh, hopefully BYU can catch him thinking uh, and whenever a quarterback is thinking he's normally slow reacting and that creates opportunity for the defense to stifle the offense or even hopefully create turnovers. Let's get to number three. Tidy and Matt Bushman done for the season after suffering an injury at the end of practice one week ago tonight. He had surgery uh, just the other day and put out on Instagram and social media that the Achilles surgery went well and he's on the mend but It's obviously a big loss for the BYU offense, Riley. Bushman has been BYU's leading receiver for the past three seasons, and he was the go-to guy on offense. Now you have guys like Isaac Rex, and they'll have to pick up the slack at tight end. Yeah, no question. I think uh, there's Isaac Rex and Cameron Wake, some of these other guys uh, at the tight end position, but really it's the entire offense. The other ten guys outside of Matt that were going to be lining up alongside him have to to pick it up. That means, you know, you think about the tackles who – Matt would have been in there doing tandem blocks in the run game, right? They're going to have to make sure that the tight ends are brought up to speed, and they're going to have to make sure that they execute even more on their blocks. And, of course, as you look at the other five skill positions that are potential receivers of the ball, every one of those guys is going to want to make, going to want to, you know, capture those catches that would have otherwise gone to Matt Bushman. And then, of course, as the quarterback, Zach, obviously t- going into his third year as the starter, wanting to prove that he can really redistribute, right? All of that volume of passes that would have gone to Matt, he can redistribute distribute those amongst the rest of his uh, teammates but but before I uh, you know get get off this note just condolences to Matt he's had an extremely great career here at BYU I you know obviously can apply for a medical red shirt but sometimes seniors especially if they have opportunities to play for the next level sometimes it's just rehab and get on uh, so that you don't leave yourself at this exposure so if this is the end of Matt Bushman's career for BYU it's one that he can definitely be proud of and one I think that we as Cougar fans can all say we enjoyed without question and anytime and you mentioned it and he's certainly going to have an opportunity to play in the National Football League and had that opportunity uh, this past draft but decided to come back for a senior season and anytime a, a guy is injured and done for the year you feel for him but especially in a situation like that where a guy chose to come back for a senior season and then this happens you know it makes the, situa- the situation even worse and you feel even 
uh, worse for the guy. But, you know, this is a guy that is about as positive as you can get. And uh, I, I echo what you said, certainly wishing him nothing but the best in whatever happens for him down the line. All right, finally, number four. BYU defense facing the triple option. In the old days, Riley, it wasn't a big deal to play against this scheme because obviously BYU is in the same conference as Air Force, so you faced it in conference. It's been since 2010 since the BYU defense has had to go against this type of offense. In 2019, the Navy offense led the nation in rushing yards per game with 360.5. They also led the country with 140 rushing plays of 10 yards or more, and 51 of those were plays of more than 20 yards. This is not an offense where you have to guess what they're going to do. It's all about, we, we hear this all the time, assignment sound. It's just stopping what you know they're going to present. Yeah, and you have to come in with a certain mindset, and that mindset is, as a defensive player, and that mindset is, today is not going to be fun. <laughs> Today's you're not going to get a sack in the backfield. You know, you're not going to be able to pick off a pass. You're not going to be able to level a receiver coming across the middle. No, rather, you're going to have to sit there and take, for the defensive linemen and linebackers, you're going to have to take cut blocks at your waist and knees all night long. And then as DBs, uh, who, you know, I think BYUs are, are a little bit more physical than the run-of-the-mill, but by just by nature, a DB doesn't want to be tackling. They want to be picking the ball off in the air or defending the ball through the air. And today what they're going to be doing is taking angles of pursuit and making tough open field tackles against good runners in the sideline. But as long as you can just acknowledge that reality and then embrace for it. And then secondly, you have to play unselfish, assignment sound football. Don't try and be a hero. Don't get caught watching the football trying to make some play. If your job is to tackle the dive man, you tackle it. Even if you go ten straight times and it's pulled out from his belly every single time if your job is quarterback you get on that quarterback and you hit him every time regardless of if, if he gets the pitch off or not and then if you're not one of those guys that have one of those initial assignments you better get your butt in gear and be ready to pursue sideline to sideline to get these runners on the ground because that's how they have success of rushing for 360 yards a game is most teams aren't up for the task to do that over the whole 60 minutes but i hope and i think byu will be tonight that is riley nelson in annapolis maryland my name is Jason Shepard coming to you from our BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah. Coming up, you're going to hear from Jeff Grimes, Tristan Hodge, and Kyrus Tonga in Cougar Cuts. But next, we'll get to know the foes. We talk with Navy play-by-play man Pete Medhurst. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Welcome back in, Cougar fans. The season opener is here. We made it, and it's time to get to know the foe. BYU taking on the Naval Academy. We're joined now by the voice of Navy football, Pete Medhurst. Pete, thanks for taking a few minutes. Uh, We appreciate it. Jason, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, look, we've, we're all excited that we have an actual football game to to talk about, to watch, to listen to. I think a lot of us were we just didn't know what was going to happen, and the fact that we're here is a big deal. I know K- Coach Niamatololo has talked about feeling behind due to obvious circumstances. How did camp go for the midshipmen, and how prepared do they feel heading into tonight's game against BYU? I mean, I think in terms of what they actually executed and the way they executed, we run multiple huddles, so all of our quarterbacks all the way down through the four-string guys get snaps 
with the way we run the option. So, you know, getting quarterbacks and skill people work is not a problem. But with every team, and if you watched any of the games over the weekend, if you watched the Austin Peay Central Arkansas game even uh, in week zero, you know, tackling and, and bringing people to the ground is a skill that we have lost a lot of, I think, in this sport, especially early in the season because there are so many rules now. And Kenny will tell you, 10 years ago, Kenny was one of those coaches that just wanted to hit, hit, hit. We're going to hit, hit, hit. We're going to tackle, tackle, tackle. And we're going to do this every day in camp. And even he has had to abandon that philosophy uh, over the years. And uh, obviously with what's been going on with this pandemic, this is by far, I'm sure, the lightest contact camp Kenny Amatololo has ever been involved in in his entire football career as both a player in Hawaii uh, and a high schooler out on the island and as a college coach. But you know, I mean, it, it, they're not the only ones. I mean, a lot of other programs, you know, because of the new rules, don't hit as much. The good thing for Navy is they've got a lot of guys coming back on defense that have played snaps, so you know how to tackle. But until you run into somebody for the first time uh, after not doing it for uh, for eight months, uh, as we have, haven't played a game since the Liberty Bowl on New Year's Eve, um, you know, it, it's, it's probably going to take a few hits uh, for guys to get comfortable again out there on the field. Pete, along those same lines, a lot of BYU fans have asked me leading up to this game, not being as familiar with how sports work at these military academies, but they do, there are basic, even if you're not an athlete, you have, there's physical fitness requirements or baselines that you have to meet. Did all that, for these Naval Academy players, did all that kind of shut down when the pandemic came down, or were they still having to meet those fitness requirements? Because a big question for most every other program is, are our guys going to be in shape? Are they going to be able to stay healthy? What was that like for the Naval Academy well, athletes? For the latter part of the second semester, they weren't even here. So the uh, the one thing that they have to do, the PRT, essentially, you know, you're, you're, you're not here for it. So you, you get around that. I mean, the, the excruciating thing about second semester for a lot of our guys is, you know, we've got players on our team from Hawaii. Well, if they had a 9 a.m. class here, that meant they had to be on the computer screen at 3 a.m. back in Hawaii to make sure they're at that class on time. There's no excuse. You can't, you know, it's that, hey, I'm in Hawaii. I'm at 3 a.m. Well, there's no excuse. you, you, you got to be there. And our guys did that. And talking to the captains, they've talked about how every guy to a man, when, they, when camp started back, guys were in shape. Guys had done the things necessary at their homes and to, to stay in as good a shape as possible so that when it came time for football again, and that's the beauty of – uh, of these kids, 4,400 on this campus. Discipline is not its not the hardcore discipline that I think everybody thinks the military is, so to speak. But there is a discipline from you have to be in class. There's no excuse for missing class. You have to be places on time. And you, you work those things out. You learn how to do that. And that's why these people go on to be successful leaders, whether it be in the military or in business. They're people that you can put in charge of your business and, and they're going to be prepared and, and ready to go. And I think that's the beauty of what our kids have been able to do. They understood what was necessary, did the things they needed to, and then once they arrived back here on campus, it's almost been, I don't want to say status quo, because I don't think there's anything uh, you know such as that, but hasn't been much different uh, than what they're used to because they understand what the physical mission means here at the United States Naval Academy. Talking with Pete Medhurst, he'll have the call for the Naval Academy tonight. It's the voice of Navy football, and... Interesting story, Dalen Morris. This is a guy that obviously will be making his first start uh, for the Naval Academy. He's been in the program since his fourth season, uh, but getting his first start tonight. He was at one point the third-string quarterback in the offseason, and now he's the starter. Why was he the guy, and what will the BYU defense face from him specifically? 
You know, interesting story because I remember being sitting in Ivan Jasper's office. He and I watched his recruiting tape together, and he's like, man, watch this kid. And we watched the tape, and I watched him uncork one basically 70 yards in the air uh, to a receiver for a touchdown. And, and, and I looked at him. I said, is he coming here? And he goes, he goes I think we got a good shot to get him. And, you know, with all the schools at all the levels in the state of Alabama, the fact that we got him over any of those um, was, A, a recruiting coup, but also at the same time, you know, when you come here, you're already competing with quarterbacks who've been recruited, and uh, you've got to compete with them. And you know, once you got past Malcolm Perry and Zach Aby the last couple of years, I'm not sure there was a great difference between Dalen and everybody else. And obviously with Malcolm's heroics last year, you know, Dalen only got on the field for a handful of snaps. But he beat out a guy in Perry Olsen who did get out there for a lot of snaps, went right down the field twice in South Bend and stuck it right in Notre Dame's grill uh, a couple of times. So, you know, I think a lot of people just assumed Perry would be the man. But, you know, it wasn't as if Perry lost the job. It was more of what Dalen did uh, talking to Coach Niamata Lolo and Ivan Jasper. And, you know, things just finally clicked for him. And uh, that's, you know, that's the beauty of our player development and our preparation here is, um, you know, he earned the job. It wasn't as if everybody else backed up to him, uh, but Dalen went out uh, with his exceptional execution uh, of the offense, showed that he understood all facets of it. And I think the thing that, you know, that for him tonight, I think he allows us to break tendency. You know, you look at our tendencies, obviously, you know, they're going to be overwhelmingly run no matter what the situation is. You know, first and ten, second and nine, third and seven, you know, we'll run the football. But, you know, he's the kind of guy – with our depth at wide receiver, all of our running backs who are exceptional in catching the football, and his ability to throw it, we now can break tendency a little bit, I think, on first down and on second and longs, where in the past uh, we might not have necessarily been in the best position to do that. And I think our coaching staff is uh, looking forward to being able to at least explore that with Dalen's skill set out there. Pete, outside of Dalen, obviously the quarterback is kind of the start of every successful offense, and the triple option is no different. His ability to make those quick reads, make them instinctively, and distribute the ball throughout uh, the plays that are called. But my eyes often go to the fullback, obviously, and Jamel Carruthers got a good one. But what other offensive skill players should BYU fans keep an ear out for in tonight's game? Well, there's no question we've got a two-man sledgehammer at B-back with Jamal Carruthers and Nelson Smith. Last year, the two of them combined for over 1,200 yards, and Jamel gave us that explosive play from that position that may have been lacking a little bit. So you go back and look at his tape from last year. There are a lot of runs. I mean, the Houston game where he just it did it seemed like we could have yelled with a bullhorn to Houston. Hey, thirty four is going to get the ball and he's going to run right there. <laughs> they had no clue. They couldn't stop him. He's running in the open field. You know, sixty yards for a touchdown. So. Uh, we've got a great two, two-man two sledgehammer there uh, at skill position. Chance Warren moves to slot back. If you look last year, he's a guy that caught one, threw one, and ran one for touchdowns, was used in all different kinds of ways. They really wanted to play him at quarterback, I think, this year. Uh, but because of some injuries at slot back in that depth, uh, they moved him there and figured that's a great place to get his hands on the football. He's going to be a supreme playmaker for us as this season goes along. Miles Fells, another young man who's uh, been terrific for us, his dad, uh, was drafted by the Redskins in the 11th round back in 86, had a great NAIA career at Henderson State. And wide receivers, I mean, we've got at least three that 
are, are legitimate, you know, not just blockers in our offense anymore. These are three guys that can flat-out catch the ball. Michael Cooper's as good as any wide receiver in our conference. He's got great size, uh, wins all kinds of 50-50 balls because of his six foot five frame uh, and strength in the air to go high-point the football. Ryan Mitchell's exceptional at both catching and blocking. And Mark Walker's a young man that's also a kid out of Patterson, New Jersey, that has really stepped forward and taken, I think, a leap. Uh, you know, not just a step forward, but I think he's taken a leap forward in his play so far in camp, and I think the coaches are extremely excited about what he can add now uh, in potential uh, situations uh, on the wide side to, to, to catch the football. Pete, really appreciate you taking a few minutes. Last question before we let you go, and this is one of the aspects of this matchup that I'm particularly looking at, and it's how Navy handles BYU's overall team size specifically on the offensive and defensive lines. How do you think Navy matches up to BYU's size? Size-wise, I mean, you know, for for 17 years in the triple option, uh, we don't normally match up size-wise with almost anybody when you look at it, quite frankly. Uh, but it's technique. Uh, it's, our, it's our offensive line and the technique that they're taught uh, that usually neutralizes that. And, you know, but BYU, I mean, look, as I've said all along to all these people that have called all week long about uh, this game, you know, Mr. Tonga can be a one-man disruption uh, at the nose tackle position. And quality nose guards, we've seen those guys in the past. We've played against the Aaron Donalds of the world. Uh, you know, so we, 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 we know that those guys can present a lot of problems. And he can be a one-man wrecking crew. And if we don't handle him, um, then that's just going to make uh, everybody else that flows to the football – uh, even better, and, and, and BYU doesn't run necessarily a, a traditional defense. They've got, you know, different guys. I love what they do with the linebacker position where they move people around. Uh, they've got athletes, and it's playmakers on defense, just like we talk about playmakers on offense. Well, BYU's changed defense a little bit where you get playmakers on defense. So if Mr. Tonga is disrupting things on the nose, uh, those guys have free reign now to run to the football which means your quarterback is usually neutralized and the fullback game uh, is usually neutralized, and you really become a one-dimensional team trying to run it uh, to the outside. You know, on the defensive side, I mean, you know, we've got some. We've got a kid, Mike Flowers, up front that's 318 pounds, but he's taken over uh, for one of our best nose guards of all time, Jackson Pittman. Uh, if he can, you know, do his job up front, Jarius Warren's another guy that looks like he's going to be uh, a star for us out at the defensive end position, and we've got an NFL linebacker uh, in Diego Fago, But... You know, as we all know, it takes 11 guys running to the football, and uh, we'll see if this group can match uh, what they did defensively last year because if you look at the analytics, we had as good a year as we've had probably since the 70s when George Welsh was coaching here uh, defensively. That's how good Brian Newberry uh, changed things here defensively uh, for this group last year. Pete, great stuff. Thank you so much. I think your car wash through the, uh, the media of the state of Utah has finally come to an end. We'll let you catch your breath. And uh, get ready to call the game tonight. Have a good call, and thanks again for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it. My relatives, Chris and Ken Joyce, who live in Salt Lake City, they've heard me on like six <laughs> different stations over the last couple of weeks. It's been pretty cool. There you go. An opportunity for the family to get to hear you. Thanks, Pete. We appreciate it. That's Pete Medhurst, the voice of Navy football. My one-on-one with former midshipman-turned-cougar Pepe Tanavas is coming up a little bit later on in Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
The season opener for the BYU football team on the road in Annapolis taking on the Naval Academy. Jason Shepard here in Provo. Riley Nelson joining me from Annapolis, Maryland from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. And Riley, it's time for Cougar Cuts. And we discussed this earlier in the pregame show. BYU's biggest target on offense was going to be tight end Matt Bushman. But the horrible news came out that Matt suffered a season-ending injury in practice a week ago tonight. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes talked about the loss of Bushman and what it means for this game and moving forward. I'm hurt for the kid. I really am. I've been coaching for 28 years and maybe only another time or two do I remember an injury that, that saddened me as much as this one did. Because I've seen so much growth in Matt the past couple of years, the way that he's trusted us as a coaching staff, the way that he's developed as a leader, as a complete player. And I have no question that he was in position to have a tremendous senior year. And so we'll miss him. We really will. We'll miss his leadership and we'll miss his play on the field. However, the show goes on, right? And so the next step for us as a coaching staff was to sit down and say, okay, you don't replace Matt, but how can we do our best collectively to uh, make up the difference? And that's what it's going to take. It's not going to take any one player just taking his spot. It's going to be a collective group effort to do that. And so there were some plays that Isaac Rex might just take his spot. Maybe another play, Mason Wake might. On some plays, we might play, we changed some from 12 personnel to 11 personnel. But it certainly affected our game plan. And the first thing was to try to do our best to get uh, the right guys in the right spots. You know, Riley, I think that losing Matt Bushman, without question, I mean, it's it's major. There's, there's no way you could sugarcoat that. With that said, I still like the weapons that Zach Wilson has around him and the ability to distribute to a lot of different playmakers. So do I. I mean, it was Greg and I were reviewing the two deep on the drive over here, as we always do, kind of our little pregame tra- tradition. I was like, man, they're making it really easy on us because I already know all these names. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we've got Chris Jackson who's in here from a JC, but outside of that, every single one of these names I've called over the airwaves uh, last season. And so it, it that should give you a, a little bit of sense of comfort, but Coach Grimes is right. You don't replace a guy like Matt. Rather, you kind of re-architect and rearrange and, and hope that the guy, the 10 guys left in in Matt's ab- absence are inspired that uh, you know they want to play for him and uh, and do right by him uh, realizing that he as their brother and teammate doesn't get the chance to uh, finish out his season as a senior one issue last season Riley was BYU's inability to score inside the 20 yard line and that's been a major focus for this offense during the off season and then in in fall camp right guard Tristan Hodge talked about what it's going to take to turn that part a BYU's offensive game around. I really feel like we're, as a unit, um, offensively, we're very physical when it comes to those situations, but it also comes down to execution, which is number one. It's making sure that you have the ball, that you're running, that everybody, every single 11 person is running their job. So knowing that we have that execution um, when it comes to those parts, we have to realize nothing changes for us. Yes, this is where it becomes more important. These are critical conditions. It's not letting it get to us. It's not becoming, hey, we're inside the 20, we we freak out. You know, it's it's getting into that point. It's laser focusing in and saying, hey, we're going to get these points. We're going to execute our job. And if we all do it, then we'll have success. Yeah, you know, Tristan used the word execute multiple times, and that's really what it comes down to. Certainly when you get in those situations, you want to put points on the board. But specifically when you get in those situations, you want to score touchdowns. Yeah, and against a team like Navy that's going to put together a lot of long drives and chew up a lot of clock, you can't 
they're going to get in the end zone eventually. I mean, they were one of the most impressive offenses in the country last year, not just from a rushing standpoint, from, but from as far as putting up points. They were over 30 points per game, and BYU was only at 28.5 last year. So you know against this Navy, granted they're missing some key pieces, but you know against this Navy team they're going to get in the end zone, and you know that they're going to try and limit your possessions and limit the time that you have the football, that you possess the football. So when you get in there, especially against an opponent like this, it's even more vital that you cross the goal line. Not to mention, I don't know a single, I haven't talked to a single, BYU uh, offensive player or coach or staff that was happy with their performance inside the red zone being 120 out of 130 as far as converting to touchdowns and so uh, that's something that I am most excited to see because I know how motivated these guys are to change that tide and flip it and rather than being in the bottom 10 of the country be in the top 10. I agree with you 100% one of the things I'm focusing most in this game tonight. Coming up next I go one-on-one with BYU linebacker Pepe Tanavasa in Shep Talk. What will it be like for the former Navy midshipman to walk onto the field at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium? More Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Getting you ready for BYU on the road at Navy. It's the first game of the season for BYU. It's our first pregame, which also means it's our first QB read with my guy Riley Nelson. Riley, I always enjoy these segments. So what did you bring to the table today? <laughs> Well, I had to say it because uh, it's been a lifelong dream. Well, not necessarily to be a member of the media. It was more to play. But (laughs) you wanted to be a member of the media. Come on. (laughs) No, but I know it's not the song anymore. But are you ready for some football? Right. Monday night. That's uh, Labor Day. All eyes on BYU and Navy here tonight. So uh, that's the theme for tonight's QB QB read with Riley. Uh, are you ready? Uh, there's some interesting things about getting ready for this game that is like uh, that will have been like getting ready like no other game that these young men have ever gotten ready for in their football lives. Obviously, conditioning and training and fall camp and all those things is uh, going through the pandemic. I think that's been well covered and well talked about. I wanted to touch on a couple of points here that are for the game specific tonight. First being playing in an empty stadium. Uh, as a player... You know, last year, let's uh, the the juxtaposition against last year's in Knoxville, Tennessee, a hundred plus thousand. The energy, the orange, the sea of orange, the tailgating, all of those things. You, that energy is forced upon you, and you feed upon that as a player. Well, there's not a single. Per- well, I, never mind. There's a security guard walking there, and there's a <laughs> camera guy there, and what looks like an SID guy walking over there. So there's about three people in the stands, at least that I can see. Um, here tonight and they don't look like the type that are going to be screaming and yelling and cheering bottom line is there will be no energy to feed off of so it is a hundred percent incumbent upon each of these players whether they're actually going to be on the field or on the sideline to bring the energy themselves football is a game of passion it's a game of emotion and it's a game of energy if you find yourself without any without energy it will not go well for you especially against the team who by default is going to test your metal they are going to chop block you at the knees they're going to run the same plays over and over again hoping until one cracks so it's extremely important that not only the 11 dudes on the field but everyone on the sideline coaches staff and all players who traveled 
to bring their energy. It can be done. Wanted to share a quick story. Not many know about this, but the spring game in 2010, it was one where we had, you know, a few hundred fans at the beginning, but then a storm rolled in, and it started snowing. It dumped about an inch and a half, but we were having fun, and it was actually one where Coach Mendenhall um, divided up the team's pretty evenly and we actually played a real game i know they become somewhat more of a scripted practice but that particular year it was uh, an actual game and uh, it got pretty contested all all the fans left when it started snowing but it was tied at halftime and it was a game that came down to the very end and boy the energy in that stadium was as good as any you had guys vying for position battles and, and really it was a nice competitive environment where they wanted to win one that uh, I must say, the team that uh, I was lucky enough to lead, we did a little play action down on about the seven goal line or seven yard line, threw a touchdown off a play action rollout to Matt Edwards, Lavelle Edwards' grandson, uh, to win that game in overtime. So, uh, and that you would have never known that no one was in the fans based off the energy and the reaction that was brought by the BYU Cougars in that spring game all the way back in 2010, a decade ago. Boy, I'm getting old. Second thing, <laughs> we're all getting old, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Second thing is, are you ready for, I've t- I touched on this earlier, but uh, I'll touch on it again just briefly, is are you ready to play against this unique style of offense, one that is going to test your mettle, it's going to test you, how selfish you are, how unselfish you are as a player. Not a lot of opportunity as a defender to really kind of get out and make a name for yourself, making one of those big plays that you're going to play over and over again on ESPN. Rather, it's going to be team tackling. It's going to be assignment sound football and guys who can be disciplined and stick to their assignments. And then secondly, as an offense, are you ready to play against the off uh, against with uh, with an offense knowing that their main job is to keep the ball away from you? The offense cannot press. Uh, they have to be ready to come in here, play their game, execute. If you happen to have a three and out, you can't try and make it all up on one play. You got to stick to the game plan. You got to execute. You got to be cool, calm, and collected. And just like the triple option team wants to put drives together and march the ball up the field. Even though you're going to be a little bit more balanced between run, pass, under center, shotgun, you're going to be a lot more, have a lot more variety in your offensive sets. You have to have that same commitment to putting drives together, and especially for this BYU football team who's so anxious to reverse the fortunes that they had last year. Once they get into the red zone, convert with touchdowns. So I think BYU is ready from the sense I can get, seeing the players roll in here to the stadium and seeing the coaches, and from what I've heard going on at camp. Uh, I think they're ready to meet the challenge here on Monday night. That's QB Reed with Riley. want to remind you, you can reward yourself with my style checking from Mountain America. Earn points toward travel, gift cards, events, and more. Details at macu.com slash mystyle. Membership required based on eligibility. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. And this is a good, good day for Mr. Rubel. Not only... Is he getting to call a BYU football game after a long layoff on the mic? Now, I don't think we can say the name of the soda, just in case. I'll just say he's very happy that in the press box there is a certain diet carbonated beverage that he is able to consume tonight. He is a very happy man, and we will talk with him next. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rell, coming up next is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 
We are getting closer to the season opener for the BYU Cougars. They are in Annapolis, Maryland, getting ready to face the Naval Academy. Coming up a little bit later, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. We'll get his view from the sidelines. He'll be one of the very few people actually allowed on the sidelines. And you'll hear from Naval Academy head coach Ken Niamatololo. Right now, though, it's time to visit with the voice. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, a very happy Greg Rubel. Hello, my friend. Hello, Jason Shepard. It is so good to be with you and all of Cougar Nation on this perfect Monday night in Maryland. We were in Annapolis, Maryland, and uh, I get this question all the time, Shep. You know, what were what, what are your favorite games? What were the favorite games you've called? I get that a lot. And then right along with that is what have been your favorite venues? And, and even though there won't be a single fan in the stands here tonight, I, I'm already going to say for a lot of reasons that Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium gets added to my top venues list. It is uh, in the midst of rolling, lush, green hills. You're near the water. Uh, you're, you're representing, or, or the, uh, the, the venue represents uh, a military institution and an academy, uh, memorials all around this venue um, to battles and, and, and fallen soldiers, and the emotions are thick without a single person being around to witness it as a spectator tonight. So I, I've just been so impressed and 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 will hold this night to be uh, special, and I'll cherish it um, because of, of of the timing of it, and, and how it is that BYU and Navy are trying to play a game that uh, you know lets America remember what what falls are supposed to feel like, and and so it's it's a special place already to me, and I hope only hope to be back someday in the future when uh, when, when the cheering will uh, echo through this property. And, and big plays will be met with big reactions from the fans in the stands. That won't be tonight, <laughs> yeah. but it'll be a special night, uh, all that notwithstanding. You've talked with uh, Kalani Satake a little bit ago. Uh, any news, any notes uh, that we need to be made aware of for tonight's game? Well, perhaps the, the, the most notable note is that everyone that BYU hoped would be here to play is here to play. Now, with the exception of someone like a Matt Bushman who's injured, and that's a, that's a story... Uh, unto its own, but the testing protocol, the three times a week testing, the ability to clear the guys to come on this trip, that was all done successfully. And, and so that's, to me, you know, one, one of the most uh, important storylines of the evening is that BYU got to this game with a full complement of players who were expected to be here. And we can only presume the same as for Navy. I've not heard otherwise. And there could be games this season, Shep, in which we you know, get right up to kickoff time and we realize that someone didn't clear or someone wasn't allowed to travel or, or someone's been kept back. But that's not what we've heard to this point. And so these two programs have done, to the best of our knowledge, everything they needed to do to get a full team ready to play on this Monday night. And, and that's extremely encouraging news. And, uh, again, Matt, Bushman, Matt Bushman's uh, injury absence uh, factoring in, BYU's got a full team to play tonight. And, and the Bushman injury is not, not insignificant in that so much of BYU's game plan was tied up with him. But Kalani in our pregame interview, which you'll hear coming up in about a half hour, said what it does is allow us to be a little more unpredictable now. And that could be a good thing. That could be something that Davey's not quite ready for in terms of, uh, you know, where will those 75 targets end up? They're not going to end up with one guy. Isaac Rex is not going to get every target Matt Bushman got. Um, But it could mean a bigger day for a running back out of the backfield. It could mean a deeper day for one of BYU's wideouts. These are all things we could look for and anticipate with BYU losing such a key cog in its offense. 
Greg, so many familiar names returning for this BYU team, which gives everyone so much reason for optimism. But I, every year I'm looking who's either going to be the guy that played a small role and is going to surprise us with his expanded role, or who is the new addition to the team that's going to become a household name. Who would you say you know, the fans could look out for to be that guy that they either knew nothing or very little about last year, but by the end of this season they'll for sure know his name as it'll be a household one? Well, it's, it's not that no one knows about him. But he was the fifth leading receiver on the team last year, and that's Gunnar Romney. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the number one guy this year. Makes the leap from five to one. That would be something. Um, Neil Pau gets in the mix because we didn't see him play last year. It was from two years ago that we saw him last do work. And so uh, at 6'4", 215, how can you not be encouraged about that? Along with Gunnar Romney at 6'3", 195. So a couple of long, strong, athletic guys for Zach to target downfield. And then, you know, Dax Mill and even someone like Chris Jackson operating in the slot. Uh, Chris Jackson might be one that more maybe uh, more fits with your question in that, you know, Gunner and Neil and Dax are names we know. Chris Jackson's a name we don't know. And and he comes in, I, I think, uh, tailor-made to inhabit a role maybe similar to that occupied previously by Aleva Hifo. And maybe we see that as soon as tonight. So maybe Chris Jackson, number two, uh, watch out for the JUCO transfer out of Mount San Antonio College. And, and, and Lopini Katoa has, uh, has a nose for the end zone but doesn't have a workhorse resume. And maybe those two things combine this year. Maybe he sees more touches, allowing him to be even more prolific than he is because he has 14 touchdowns without being a guy that you're having it, having touched the ball uh, 20 times a game. So if that touch number goes up for Katoa and the touchdown pace stays where it was, we could be looking at some big things out of Lopini. All right, Greg, we got about 30 seconds. And this probably isn't a fair question to ask, knowing you yep. only have 30 seconds to answer it. I think the two biggest issues that BYU needed to fix in the offseason was, one, turning red zone opportunities into points, specifically touchdowns, and then on defense, getting more pressure. Which of those do you feel is easiest to fix tonight? Uh, The first one, because uh, Navy's not the kind of team you're going to spend all night in the backfield, you know, pressuring quarter. It's a different kind of feel. So I think the first one, uh, much more than the second on this night. Greg, thank you uh, very much for joining us. As always, great stuff. Riley, we'll let you go as well. We'll hear both of you coming up for a little more pregame coming up in about 25 minutes and then obviously on the call uh, a little bit later on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Shep. There we go. That's Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. After a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Juergens. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the Navy midshipmen. Joined now by former Cougar receiver, current sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, give me an idea, because this is normally what we do. Obviously, as a sideline reporter, you are the one that really gets to absorb the, the atmosphere and the ambiance being that close to the action. We know that there's not going to be a lot of ambiance because there's no fans allowed. So give me an idea of what the environment feels like this close to game time. Yeah, so, and Jason, to be honest, I mean, I think I'm going to have a better idea when we get closer to kickoff. Um, what I can explain right now, I mean, it honestly feels and looks a little bit like a November game in Provo, and the fans really haven't started to trickle in just yet. Um, you know, they're they're in their cars. Um you know, just bundling up before <clears throat> before they have to go out and, you know, be cold for the whole game. So what I'm seeing 
and I, I think I'll have just a better idea closer to game time what that what that feel truly is like. But it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, right now it, it almost feels incomplete, but yeah. I'm sure that will change a bit when we see both teams take the field in their full uniforms and that pregame clock hits zero. Yeah, we've had more opportunities to see it in basketball and in baseball and now just starting to see what it's like for football. I guess it's something we'll all sort of experience together uh, when, the, when the game gets underway. Uh, the BYU offense would seem to be the deepest it's been under Kalani, and then you lose Matt Bushman. Obviously, it's just a huge... Um, blow to him, certainly, first and foremost, but then obviously to the offense. What does his loss mean to this offense, and where do you expect to feel his absence the most? Yeah, you know, it's such a hard loss for the team. I mean, not only are they losing really their best player on the field, but they're losing a leader and a veteran piece of the offense and team. You know, somebody who has been there and done that before to help mentor, motivate, and and really coach these young players in different game-type situations. Um, so even though the guy is, you know, he's such a talented player from a physical standpoint, and uh, honestly, it's hard to believe that throughout fall camp, uh, I know Coach Grimes had made mention a few times to Matt Bushman being the most improved player on the team, which is hard to imagine when right. you know, technically you're already the best player on the team. Right. That's that's a huge leap just um, with, with how much better he has gotten. But And so to answer your question, I, mean, I think they're going to miss his leadership and experience the most. However, with all this said, I mean, it doesn't mean that BYU as a team can't be as good because Matt isn't on the field. Um, you know, we saw this just last night. If any NBA fans out there watching the game with the Bucks in the heat, you know, Giannis goes down, not only the best player on the Bucks, but arguably the best player in the league. And Chris Middleton goes off to score 36 points, gives the Bucks their first win in an el- elimination game in the series. And, and so, I mean, we'll see this tonight. Other guys will have the opportunity to step up and make big-time plays, just like Matt would do. And so I'm excited to see who that's going to be. Let me, let me throw this at you. You tell me what you think, because this is where I think they may feel it the most. Obviously, losing him in general is just is, it's big. But I, I think where you may see it... Um, I won't say hurt the most, but maybe it, you it, you see it more is the ability to have Matt Bushman and Isaac Rex, those two tight end sets. Being able to have, I, I have high hopes for Isaac Rex. I actually think um, he could he could yep. do some really good things in this offense. I mean, he has he passes the eye test. I mean, his size and ability in the limited time we've seen him, I've been very impressed. But I think where where it may hurt BYU's offense the most is being able to put him next to Matt Bushman. Does that make sense where losing Matt is big anyway, but having the ability to have some of these other guys alongside Matt and have those two tight ends as weapons, I think that may be where it is. Yeah, you know, the and you're exactly right. I mean, when it comes down to it, personnel is, is going to be a bit of a change, right? They mid, might have come into this season looking at Matt Bushman and Isaac Rex both being lethal targets for Zach Wilson, right, or whoever's under center at quarterback. Um, and, and so that's, you know, maybe coming in, it was a lot of 12 personnel, but that's going to change. More 11, um, 20, 10 personnel. I mean, there's there's different personnel packages that are going to have to be adjusted because you don't have two assets there at tight end that you were hoping to, you know, prior to the season. And so um, we're definitely going to see some, you know, readjustments. But, you know, as I mentioned before, we're going to see guys step up. We're going to see guys that, 
um, you know, leaned on Matt as the go-to guy, but are going to step up and say, hey, I can do just as good. I can I can carry, you know, my weight a little bit more because now I'm I'm having to carry a little bit more of that. And, and I, you know, I'm hoping to be impressed with some of those guys that step up and, and take on that responsibility. Well, and a lot of those, you know, as, as you talked about, you know, are probably going to be coming from the receiver position, a lot more, uh, you know, targets for them. Uh, and as a former receiver, let's focus specifically on that position. BYU lost playmakers in Levi Hifo and Micah Simon. Then you have Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, and then Neil Pau is back. They're all expected to be go-to guys at wideout. What's your evaluation of that group specifically? Yeah, super excited to see this group play. Um, yes, you lost returning starters uh, from last year, but Gunnar, Dax, and Neil, they're experienced players. Um, they've done this before, and, and from what I've seen, I mean, they've taken huge strides from last season. Um, they look stronger and faster, and, and from what I've heard as well is their knowledge of the offense is very sharp, which is going to be a huge asset to the team in these big-time situations. You know, right now it does seem like Zach, the Zach Wilson to Gunnar Romney connection might be the strongest of the group, but, but I honestly I feel confident in any one of those guys stepping up to make big plays when their number is called. Um, you know, those three guys should carry the largest percentage of targets um, on the team. However, the, the receiver group is deep. You know, hearing many good things about freshman Cody Epps, Juco transfer Chris Jackson, and Keanu Hill, who I was very excited about last season, uh, last year as I've seen him personally make some big-time catches. So, honestly, I think this group is very deep and, and very talented. Navy's defense took a big step forward last season. I mean, they, they were completely night and day last year from what they were two seasons ago. They're expecting that trend to continue. How do you think the Cougars will attack this defense? If, if you were a receiver, what, how would you attack a defense that wants to be super aggressive? They're, they're, you're going to have a size advantage, but they're used to that anyway. How, how do you attack that? Yeah, so I guess from an entire offensive standpoint, it needs to be, and I hope it is, a balanced attack, right? Over the years, we've seen that the most successful BYU offenses have had those balanced attacks, so both you know, both in the air and on the ground. Um, so I do, I mean, I expect Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algeo to be very involved in the run game, you know, especially behind a talented offensive line who's going to produce some big running lanes for those yes. backs. Um, and, and the more you pound it on the ground, those passing lanes will open for Zach Wilson to take a few shots down the field, right? Um, explosive plays, you know, plays of 20-plus yards, those are going to be a huge factor in producing scoring drives, which, you know, was actually when I was a player, we tracked those um, explosive plays, and the more explosive plays you had, the better, I mean, those you saw those scoring drives go up and up, and, and so I expect to see a fair share of those explosive play attempts as well. Um, so, you know, either way, as you mentioned before, Jason, uh, earlier in the broadcast, you know, this offense seems loaded under Kalani, yep. and I hope to see that impressive play tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I have extremely high hopes for this offense and Zach Wilson. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do coming out. I, I, I hope this is an offensive performance that just seems to click from the get-go. That will go a long way in pulling out a victory and beginning the season one and oh, Mitchell, great stuff as always. We will hear you on the broadcast coming up in just a little bit with uh, with Greg and Riley. And uh, thanks for the time as always. We'll hear you coming up in just a bit. Hey, thanks so much, Jason. There we go. On the other side, we go across the field and talk with Navy head coach Ken Diamatololo. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Getting you ready for BYU and Navy coming your way at the top of the hour. Now, Kindi Amatololo has been at the Naval Academy for 23 years, the last 13 as the head coach. I caught up with the man at the helm of the fleet and asked Coach Nia Matalolo what it feels like to finally be playing a football game. It's surreal. You know, I mean, like you said, for, you know, since March, you know, our world's been in pandemic and none of us knew if we would play and just everything that, you know, that our world's been through, but also trying to prepare as a football team, all the COVID-19 protocols. And um, I'm excited to be here. We're definitely excited to be able to, to have a chance to play. You had mentioned at the start of camp that you were concerned about preparation time. Now that we're here, how prepared do you think your team is to begin the 2020 college football season? I don't know. It's a great question. You know, I mean, I, I probably went overboard on erring on the side of caution as far as contact tracing. You know, people told us certain things in our conference that if you did certain drills, it would constitute contact tracing. So I, I stayed away from it. And I don't know. We'll find, we'll find out today. It's a very physical football team, BYU is. And so I, we'll see how we are. We match up physically. But I think we're healthy. That's the biggest thing. But we'll see if we're pad ready. One of the fun things about a matchup like this is all of the ties between BYU and you. And you were under consideration for the head coaching job after Bronco. Your son played here. There's obviously the religious aspect. What does it mean to you on a personal level to play BYU? Uh, it's exciting. Like you said, I mean, I grew up in Laie, which is predominantly, you know, uh, LDS, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's what I've known my whole life. So I know what BYU football is about ever since, the, the you know, Lavelle Edwards. So, you know, it's a, a great school. I actually wanted to go there, but I didn't get offered. <laughs> you know what I mean? So everything they stand for as an institution, obviously, I believe in. I have great respect for Kalani, great respect for their football program. It's exciting for us to have a chance to play a prestigious school that's a very good football program. Talking with the head coach of the Navy Midshipman, Ken Niamatololo. And, Coach, I don't know if you've given this much thought, but what is the significance in your mind that this game will feature two LDS Polynesian head coaches? I, I can't think of it ever happening before. What's the significance of that in your mind? I think it's very significant. You know, there's not, first of all, there's not very many Polynesian, you know, head football coaches. So I know both Kalani and I are both honored and humbled to, you know, to be head coaches because they're, they're hard jobs to get at any, you know, and whatever your nationality or race is, hard, they're hard to get. But also to be both be members of the church, it's, uh, I think it's really cool. Um, you know, there's not very many uh, head coaches. I think there's four of us, you know I mean, that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I think both of them are, are pretty significant. And I don't think, I think both of us, are honored that you know that we're we're able to do this. Be head coaches, Polynesian members of the church. So it's a, it's really a cool deal. Let's focus on the on the field stuff here. Dalen Morris was named the starting quarterback, and his story is an interesting one. Began the off season as the third stringer. Now he's the starter. Why was Dalen the guy to lead this offense? Uh, he he earned it. I mean, he, he flat out earned it during camp. He, like you said, he wasn't a guy that we thought would be the starter. But his play spoke so loudly, we couldn't help but put him in a starting role. He just played really, really well, which was a great testament to him. But then I started to think, I mean, he obviously hasn't played, but the guy that he backed, or the guy that played in front of him is in the NFL right now. 
So, you know, if you're a backup to a guy that's, you know, in the NFL who's actually doing really good in camp right now, a guy that rushed for 2,000 yards, I mean, it's not a, it's not an embarrassment to be his backup. So I think it just bodes well that, I mean, he's a good football player. He's just behind a really, really good football player. And it's a credit to this kid's character and his, his fortitude. On the other side of the ball, your defense made a big jump last season. From what you've been able to see during camp, how much of that improvement do you expect to see continue? Well, our defensive coordinator, um, Brian Newberry, is as creative as a defensive coordinator as I've ever been around. You know, he's uh, there's organized chaos, you know, and so he's does a really good job. And I think last year he was only able to implement parts of his his package. He's a very creative mind. So I'm even more excited now because he's he's always drawing up stuff. You know, what I mean, it's kind of uh, it's kind of amazing. But I'm excited because I think our guys have one more year in the system. He, you know, gives him more freedom to be able to do more things and be more creative and more exotic, which is exactly what we're looking for. And so I'm excited to see, you know, how our defense plays this year. You mentioned just a few minutes ago about the the physicality and one of the areas where the Cougar offense is expected to be extremely physical is up front um, with its size, experience, and depth on that line. How do you believe your defense matches up against BYU's offensive line, at least on paper? It's going to be a tough matchup, but it's it's like that for us every week. You know, I mean, we played Kansas State. They had a tackle that was 6'9 and 6'8. I mean, they're huge, just like BYU's line. So we're not, you know, we're familiar with being smaller than everybody else, but this is a really, really good offensive line. I mean, as good as I've seen in a long time, just well-coached, physical. They're all, They're athletic. You can tell they're tough and nasty kids but they know what they're doing. This is going to be a really tough challenge for us because they're, they're such a good group. Uh, and you can see the cohesion that they played a lot of ball together. And so, you know, we'll see. But this is it's going to be a tough matchup for us. Beyond just the offensive line for BYU, when you look at the tape and a lot of guys come back, obviously the news that, that Matt Bushman uh, is going to be done for the year, that's certainly an offensive weapon that uh, the BYU will not have. What else stands out to you when you look at this BYU team? Well, obviously, first and foremost is Zach Wilson. I mean, he's a very athletic quarterback. He can he can move. You know, he's hard to contain. He can throw on the run. Uh, he's accurate. I mean, I, I just see he, he, to me, I mean, he's as, again, as good a dual-threat quarterback as we've seen. And so, you know, he throws the ball really well. He can stay in the pocket and throw it if you let him. But if you try to bring people after him, I mean, he's very elusive, makes big plays. Um, obviously, like you said, you know, really sad for the Bushman kid. It seems like a phenomenal young man, and you hate to see that for him. You know, but they got guys on, on the edge. You know, the Romney kid, I feel like, is a kid that, you know, has done some good things. Uh, you know, the running backs are physical runners. You know, what we're going to see, you know, I, I'm not sure how, what they're going to do. Bushman was such a big part of their package. You know, I'm sure they're going to have to adjust and do certain things, but you know, we'll see how they highlight other people now. Coach, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I constantly am just excited because we finally made it. We were so much talk about whether or not there was going to be a season or not, and the fact that we're here and we're getting ready to kick off, it just makes me extremely happy. I've got to assume you feel the same way. Well, I've, I've always had great faith that this season will come about, and, it, you know, it is exciting. We're very excited to be able to play. Coach, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Okay, take care. Thank you. All right, that was Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap things up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. All right, that is a wrap. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live was also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hi, Greg. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. And after a somber, strange, surreal, and sometimes stunning offseason, we welcome you inside Navy Marine Corps Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland, for the first game of BYU's 2020 college football campaign, a season that is already established as one unlike any other in the history of the school and the history of the sport tonight. College football's opening weekend is capped off by the Cougars meeting the midshipmen of the United States Naval Academy. It's BYU and Navy prepared to play safely amidst a pandemic that has affected every segment of society, a society that eagerly awaits a return to normalcy. And we hope for that tonight and that tonight things feel just a little bit more normal as we bring you some Monday night football in Maryland. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel. With me is my broadcast partner, the former Cougar quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And, Riley, uh, there were many times over the last six months that it appeared we might not make it into a broadcast booth in the first weekend of September, but here we are. And even without fans and without bands and without Navy's brigade of midshipmen in the stands, it's still college football. And the Cougars have the look of a team with the pieces in place to make this unusual season still a special season. Yeah, Greg, I think there's a case to be made that, uh, and of course these first two games are going to be a real big challenge given the unique uh, circumstances surrounding the military academies and the offense that they run, but you look at the schedule and BYU is favored in most, if not all, of their games, and so uh, that would be definitely very special and something to come out of this unique uh, 2020 season with it, but you know what, let's not be so focused on the end because who even knows if we're going to have an end to the season, right? You talked about all the work that's ta- that it's taken to get here. I'm so proud of BYU's leadership in, in forging forward to give these players an opportunity to play the game that they love and then for all of us as fans to be able to sit back and watch it and entertain it. And I think we're in for a great one here tonight. Well, a schedule that a few months ago featured the six P5 opponents among 12 games now has zero P5 foes and only eight games 
More matchups could be coming up as AD Tom Homo continues to work on the 2020 slate. But of the eight games currently on the schedule, tonight's game, arguably uh, the most challenging. Uh, clearly the springboard to any national relevance BYU hopes to generate this season. It's a marquee Monday night time slot ESPN, the only football game being played coast to coast. And as the only Western team playing this fall, BYU has indeed a unique opportunity to begin capturing some cross-country attention. When we come back, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake about how his team hopes to take advantage of that opportunity. Kalani's game day comments are coming up next as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coach show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland for BYU's 2020 season. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland for BYU's 2020 season opener at Navy. This portion of the broadcast brought to you in part by Papa John's. Fans, remember that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. With a BYU win tonight, pizza will be 50% off at PapaJohns.com using the promo code BYU50 tomorrow. That's the online promo code BYU50 for tomorrow. This offer is good at any Utah location if BYU wins tonight. Well, it is the fifth season opener for Kalani Sitake as BYU's head coach. He was undefeated in lid lifters until last season's season opening setback versus Utah. So he's 3-1 and one in the openers, and it's uh, one of the rare times that BYU's not kicking off the season against a P5 foe. Of the last 20 season debuts, 16 have been against P5 competition. The last time BYU lost a season opener to a non-P5 program 25 years ago. Time now to hear from BYU's head coach who's guided his team through pandemic protocols all the way from springtime isolation through summertime social distancing and face-covered practices and now to game day. And I asked Kalani to summarize his thoughts about the entire process that has led to his place and BYU to this place here in Maryland playing Monday Night Football. Yeah, it feels great. I, I mean, you know, you're, you're nervous going throughout the whole process and uh, testing three times a week and making sure that you're you're uh, constantly reminding the players. And, and they did a great job of reminding each other and holding each other accountable as, as far as social distancing, wearing masks and things like that that we have to do to play this game. And now we're here at this moment and it feels, uh, you know, it just feels exciting that, that it's finally here. But Hard to really believe it until you get that last test out of the way, and then you continue to, um, you know, to, to quarantine your team. And so, since we've been here, we've been, you know, kind of isolated away from everything, and, and no visitors, and uh, just really excited about getting to the game. And so, it'll be a unique and different experience, but the excitement's still there. The butterflies for our players, and the the, the, the just the excitement for the game approaching. It's been really nice to see, and it's different because it's a, a veteran group, a more, a much more experienced group. And so I think it's, uh, I was just talking to coach Grimes about it in our walkthrough. It just feels a lot better. I'm glad you allowed me to visit for this pregame interview. You talk about wearing a mask for uh, games. We're wearing a mask for interviews now too. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's unique, but you know, I, I you can't see it, but I'm smiling underneath this mask. <laughs> I'm excited to see you. And uh, this, this right here just reminds me of game day, you know? And so mm-hmm. uh, I know that the game's right around the corner. And so here we go. I'm, I'm glad to be talking to you, Greg. The weeks of prep you've you've had to get ready for a very unique challenge and a unique opponent in the world of college football. How do you feel? 
we've we've been trying to simulate as much as possible, and I've never been anywhere where we'd be able to get it uh, exact exact look like we're going to see from them, unless you're uh, playing them, you know. So uh, the, uh, this is going to be a lot faster. We and we try to uh, ex- explain to our players, you know, that hey, this is going to be a lot quicker than what we're seeing from the scouts, and we've watched a lot of film. We've been promoting that to our defensive players. Any of the issues um, that happen can be overcome with hustle and, and toughness. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what we're going to rely on, our guys being disciplined. But And we've been saying that word over and over and over again, but uh, it's going to really be important today. But everyone doing their 111th, but most, more than anything, uh, expect some adversity and expect it to be fast. And uh, we'll, we'll, But we'll get our guys rallying around each other and doing their job and then leaning on toughness and hustle. Navy's defense threw a lot at teams last year to improve dramatically from one season to the next with a, with a new D.C. Yeah, and, and uh, again, well coached. Um, they utilize their talent really well. Uh, I think they do a lot of different pressure packages, a lot of disguises. And so, uh, you know, just relying on our veteran group to see it all. But um, um, very, very similar to what we see sometimes from a Rocky Long type of, mm-hmm. type of defense, the disguises and then making look like there's pressures when there's not really much coming and then disguising the pressures late. They do a great job at it. I think I think they use all 11 guys the right way. How much does uh, losing Matt Bushman and being down in numbers at tight end uh, affect the game plan tonight? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, obviously, one of our best players, if not the best on our uh, target for us to throw to, uh, but he's improved as a, ta- as a, sorry, as a blocker and uh, a lot of things that he can do at the line of scrimmage, and uh, it's unfortunate we won't be able to see him do it but um, his leadership's still out there. The things that he did in the past few months, getting this team ready, uh, will show tonight. And, and uh, you know, when you're looking at it, we're, we're going to have to have a, a, a number of guys replace him because you can't just replace him with one guy. Isaac Rex can't do exactly what Matt Bushman can do in his uh, fourth year as a starter at, uh, as a senior mm-hmm. tight end. But Isaac's a freshman. He's got some big size and he's got some uh, abilities, but – between the group, I think they can handle it. Between some of the receivers, uh, you know, we mo- use Matt in a lot of different places. But uh, now, you know, we're going to have to have a number of guys, probably four to five guys, fill in different roles that uh, make make up the difference. And I think it might make us a le- little bit less uh, predictable. I know you feel good that the offensive line returns so many starts and so much size, and the quarterback is back for a third straight season. And we have running backs that are, that have played as well. And, um, you know, we have quarterbacks in the back that, that are backing up that can get on the field. And Dax and, and Gunner and Neil have played in games, so it's not like they're new to it. Quick word about what you're going to need your defense to be really good at tonight. Run the ball, be tough. Expect that, you know, that we're going to get cut blocked. That's part of the football game, especially with these guys. That's okay. You know, we're, I think up front we have to impose our, our, our physicality and our size up front. And uh, they're going to try to test us, and Kyrus and the boys are going to have to do something up front to, to make it work. We've got to take the fullback out of the game um, as far as being a, a valid option for them to run the ball to because that's number one for them. Those two running backs have done a great job you know, last year to the year. So um, really for the box, for the what we're seeing from the front seven, we're going to have to take care of that. And then when it, when it gets out in space, our, our DBs and, and our, you know, our outside backers are going to have to make plays as well. So it's going to test us, but I'm really looking forward to, to the challenge. Our boys are really excited about the game. Um, we're looking forward to it, and I, I just can't wait to see these guys go. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's like we keep telling them it's going to be a lot faster, a lot faster. But we're going to be—I think we're going to be something different that that Navy hasn't seen before either. So it's going to be a nice, nice little, nice little surprise for both teams. Finally, Kalani, what can you say about what it's taken for the program 
to get to this point tonight? And maybe from a bigger picture perspective, what can a weekend like this and a game like tonight mean for the broader society and looking like football's back? It's a little bit different because n- no fans in the stands, right? But um, you'll see a lot of passion on the field still and, and uh, a lot of guys that have worked really hard. But um, the whole thing trending the right way is important to us, you mm-hmm. know, and, and although it would be unique that at least we're playing the game. And, and there's a lot of people out there that aren't uh, available to play football and a lot of great coaches and players. And so this team, as I've said it to you before, they're just uh, appreciative of the opportunity that they have. and. And um, let's just let's just take advantage of it now that we get to play the game. So great to be with you again, Kalani. Hope tonight is a great night for you and the boys. Can't wait. Go Cougs. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake bringing us to the Homie home field advantage brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homie home field advantage. And tonight, we talk about BYU making itself at home in the first game of the season. Over the last 20 season openers, BYU's record is an impressive 15-5, and including a 4-0 mark against non-P5 programs. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. We are live from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland, as coverage of Cougar football continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland for BYU and Navy in the final game of the opening weekend of a 2020 college football season that kicks off with fingers crossed. Hopes are that all the games scheduled by all the teams playing will actually get played as an entire sport looks for ways to navigate a global crisis by restoring a sense of local community for college football fans around the country. This is the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show brought to you by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the Cougars and midshipmen meet for a third time all-time, the first time since 1989 when Ty Detmer led BYU to a comfortable win here in Annapolis. The only other meeting came in the 1978 Holiday Bowl, a game won by Navy in BYU's first ever Holiday Bowl appearance. Once again, I'm Greg Grubel, blessed and honored to be starting my 20th season as your radio play-by-play broadcaster. Joining me in the booth, former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson, back for his second season with me. And also with us upstairs, engineer Michael Wimmer and spotter Caleb Lemming, back at BYU Radio in Provo. Our pregame halftime and postgame host is Jason Shepard. Down on the field, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The rest of our broadcast crew consisting of BYU radio engineers Barry Squires and Sean Fade, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operators Cole Wissinger and Liam Howard, as well as broadcast interns Bryce Larson and Jared Ivins. They're all back at the BYU radio studios 
in Provo. Great to have you with us on the new skin BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City flagship is KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You also hear us on network affiliates in the Intermountain West and streaming live globally on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the KSL apps, as well as on BYURadio.org and BYUcougars.com. Broadcast archives and highlights can be heard on the BYU Football Podcast and at BYURadio.org. Well, in a season that may partially be defined by which players are available to play on any given day due to COVID concerns, BYU's already been hit by more typical health-related woes, including the season-ending injury suffered by tight end Matt Bushman, who led BYU in receiving yardage in each of his first three seasons. He would have been the primary target in his senior year, certainly. Riley, the targets Matt would have seen won't all go to his chief understudy, Isaac Rex, but Rex has to be ready to step up and be the man. Meantime, it may now be time to turn the wideouts loose a little bit, and we know that Lopini Katoa can be a useful target out of the backfield. BYU has to now find a way to play a bit of a different way to get the ball downfield. Yeah, and not to bring it all back to the quarterbacks, but that's what us quarterbacks do is uh, try and make it all about us for good or for bad. But if I'm Zach Wilson going into my third season as a starter and having lost you know, my safety blank, I think that uh, one of the biggest things that he's anxious to prove is that he can redistribute those targets to, uh, to his really what has turned out to be a pretty good stable of talented players. Now, there's not that marquee guy that we've had in the past, that Cody Hoffman or that Mitch Matthews or that Austin Colley, but there are a bunch of guys who are anxious to assume that role. So between Zach being anxious to show his experience and being able to distribute the ball, a bunch of guys who are looking for their opportunity to step up and assume those targets, and then lastly, Coach Grimes, his ability to retool the offense and make it equally as effective without that core piece and Matt Bushman, I, I think BYU is going to be able to figure something out. Maybe not here in the first game, but definitely throughout the season, and hopefully they can do enough this first game to pull out a win here tonight. More of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show coming up after we tell you that this season BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. Reach field goal BYU makes. Mountain America will donate $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame coverage of BYU and Navy rolls on from Annapolis after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. You are listening live as we come your way from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland, home of the Navy Midshipmen. This a gorgeous 34,000-seat venue will have a capacity tonight of zero. The governor of the state of Maryland did denying Navy's request to seat some of the brigade of midshipmen in the stands. Fans had already been ruled out weeks ago, so it'll be an empty house hosting BYU and Navy here tonight. But we are live and in the venue, and we'll do our very best to bring everything we are seeing and hearing to all of you in our listening audience, great to have you along. Time now to introduce you to the Hyatt Place Comfort Zone. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And Riley, where BYU's most comfortable right now is in the engine room of the BYU offense with a returning starting quarterback 
and a veteran offensive line with almost 120 combined career starts. Zach Wilson back for his junior season after an injury-hampered sophomore campaign. In front of him, a bunch of big bodies, including guys with pro potential. The Cougars have every reason to feel good. For Navy, may not feel as good, right? Midshipmen have a new quarterback and a relatively green O-line. For the offense in the first game of the season, the most common mistakes happen on the offensive line. Holding, right? That's a big one, and that can be a drive killer where it happens behind the line of scrimmage and it's 10 yards from the spot of the foul. That's something that BYU shouldn't have to deal with and that, uh, you know, you'd expect Navy with quite a green group up front to maybe have one or two of those calls. The other times, offsides. Now, noise normally plays a factor in offsides or those pre-snap penalties. We're obviously not going to be dealing with that here tonight, but still getting used to the cadence when you're ramped up and your adrenaline is at full tilt. So uh, that is a significant place. Well, a very astutely placed um, ad there for the Hyatt Place comfort zone because having an experienced offensive line coming into a game like this in week one, definitely does give you much-needed comfort for the BYU offense and team overall. So, Riley, where do you expect to see the most improvement from Zach Wilson? Realizing that, uh, let's use OC Jeff Grimes as an example here, he guessed that Wilson was maybe 80% when the 2019 season began. So after his freshman campaign, Zach Wilson had a posterior labral repair, a surgery, a surgery on his throwing arm and his shoulder. I happen to have that same one, and if I was, I came back and played the next year uh, the same, but if I was being honest, I didn't feel like I did before until about 18 months after. Obviously, mm. you don't cover 18 months from one season to the next, so it's no reason why I'm sitting here watching Zach in warm-ups and being like, man, He's getting that ball 30, 40 yards down the field, driving it a lot more effortlessly than he did last year. So all good signs there. But where I expect the most improvement outside of just his physical makeup, we also know he's put on about 10 pounds, which is another good thing for his durability and his strength, but he's in situational football, namely third downs and in the red zone. Third down, they were 40th in the country at 42.5% when BYU has been at their best. Uh, they've been somewhere around 50% and in the top 20 in the country. If you're better than 50% on third down conversions, you're going to be in the top 20 in the country, going to be in a good spot. That means you're putting drives together and getting into the red zone. Last year, been well documented. They were 120 out of 130 in red zone efficiency, below 80%. They need to get that number into the 90%, scoring 90% of the time once they get into the red zone. That will, again, put them in the top 25 of, of offenses. If we can get... Aside from the physical improvement for Zach, those two situational downs, third downs, and once they get into the red zone, if they can improve those significantly, it's going to be a special year. All right, Zach Wilson already, by the way, the first ever BYU quarterback to lead the team in passing yardage as a freshman and a sophomore. No BYU quarterback has ever been a four-year leader in that category. Wilson may get the chance to make history down the line. Time for a break. We'll have more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Navy coming up from Annapolis in an empty Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson in the broadcast booth. Mitchell Jurgens down at field level. Uh, COVID-19 protocols have kept the fans and the brigade of midshipmen out of the stadium tonight. And the rules have also restricted our freedom of movement a little bit. Uh, we are in the booth, not allowed to be at field level tonight at any point. Mitch, 
can be on the field, but uh, not near or in the BYU locker room area. Riley, it's a strange new world uh, with expanded team areas as well on the sidelines. The teams will now be allowed the 15 to the 15 yard line. So uh, 70 yards of team area now from si for, uh, on the sideline of either part of the field tonight. That's that's new. And uh, uh, face coverings for folks on the field and the sidelines. No whistles in the mouth for the refs. On and on, the rules come on, but they're trying to find ways to play. And if it gives us a season of some sort, Riley, then the hope is all this has been worth it. No question. Some of them are a little bit interesting. Like, you know, the coaches, staff, and players spend all this time together during the week. Like, expanding the, uh, you know, sideline is going to make a big difference for them. I, I don't know if that is, but uh, I think eventually it's going to be like riding a bike. Despite the face mask, despite the extra space, despite all those things, it's at the end of the day, it's football. It's the game that these guys have been playing and coaching since they were eight years old. Let's pause and hear the remaining strains of our national anthem. National Anthem was recorded, and that was a video playing here in the stadium of a recorded singing of the National Anthem. So uh, nothing live being performed here in the venue tonight, just FYI. Coming up, we'll go down to field level, check in with our man Mitchell Jurgens as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Navy Marine Corps Stadium in Annapolis on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is BYU and Navy live on Monday Night Football. The only game coast-to-coast coast has brought out ESPN's number one crew, and we're glad you're joining us on the radio, even if you do uh, end up maybe dipping in and out of the uh, TV call tonight to join us a little bit. Uh, tonight's season opener is the first of back-to-back -back option games for BYU. The Navy flex bone tonight, followed by Army's triple option attack in 12 days. Riley, if you have to see option two times in the season... Uh, may as well get them consecutively. Uh, the mindset, at least, will carry over defensively, as will some of the principles and, and the alignments. And, and BYU, we can have to, we can say, Riley, what will look different defensively over the next two games, these two games, than it will the rest of the way. No question. Mostly we're going to see a lot of rotation, obviously trying to keep guys fresh. And then secondly, we're going to see strictly assignment sound football. You don't really have guys who are playmakers being able to play in freedom and space. Rather, you have guys who are assigned to tackle the dive, tackle on the dive. Guys assigned to the quarterback, get to the quarterback. Pitch man, pitch man. It's going to look a lot different these first two weeks. But if you're going to have to face option or flex bone teams week one and then back-to-back -back weeks are the ideal situation. Scenario. Let's now bring in our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, for banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, uh, first of all, uh, give us a sense of the scene where you are standing 
And then maybe a bit about uh, what it must be like for these players, these BYU players to have gone through a month of intensive and restrictive practices that then emerge into what will be an empty stadium to play the game that you love. Yeah, so to my scene, well, first off, I'm masked up, um, standing here on the 10-yard line and honestly, a beautiful stadium here in Annapolis. You know, not surrounded at all by fans, but surrounded by plenty of flags, plaques, and, and just a lot of other things that have me feeling extremely grateful for those who have served, are serving, and will serve for this great country. Honestly, this is an incredible atmosphere. Um, and, and now for the players, you know, this is a unique way to open a season. As a former player, I have vivid and sound memories of what it was like every time I stepped onto the field for a season opener. Um, a big part of why I remember it so distinctly was, you know, these season openers, it, the shock of the crowd noise as we took the field was so impactful, and, and it no longer felt like it was practice or a fall camp. Um, it was the real deal. And so to be honest, Greg, I'm not sure what it's going to be like for these players when they step on the field tonight. It is, it's so quiet, you can almost hear a pin drop. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they're going to have a memory of this game for a different reason. Uh, but with that said, I mean, the worry with the worry that the season might not have even happened, these players are going to come out with almost a, a new sense of energy and enthusiasm that they're just grateful to play the game. And I think we're, I think we're going to see that on the field tonight. Bitch, thank you. Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss and the kickoff coming up. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Annapolis, Maryland on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We did not hear the call, but BYU has won the toss. The ref mic, unfortunately, we've not been able to hear. We hope to hear it during the game, but we did not hear it for the coin toss. BYU, from what I could infer, has deferred the uh, toss to the second half. That's the way it looked. BYU had one captain out there. Only one captain is allowed. So BYU's captain was Troy Warner, and Cameron Kinley was the captain for Navy. The toss was made. The call was made tails. BYU won the toss and deferred to the second half. All right. Time now for tonight's Ken Garf Keys to the Game, brought to you by the Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen dealers, proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Riley, Keys to the Game. Yeah, like Mitch, I can't help but be overwhelmed uh, by appreciation for our military now, not necessarily for the Navy football team, but the Navy in general. Uh, so the keys have to do with that. Number one, Navy's motto is not self but country. That needs to be the defensive theme as they need to play team defense. The offense, obviously the song is anchors away. They need to have anchors away on offense. Go ahead and try and get up over 30 points to, to be in a safe place in this game. And then lastly, the red zone, the core values of the Navy are honor, courage, and commitment. The BYU offense needs to stay committed through the entire drive and convert in the red zone. If they can do those things, I think that will equal a BYU victory tonight. Those are the Ken Garp keys to the game. This is BYU football.